Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our June 7th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, and we always start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Check out, thanks for letting us be on the air. And thanks for letting us start, really, uh, another season of Monday Night Football. And praying Thanksgiving for all of our benefactors and all of our uh, listeners. And pray that we'll continue to be able to um, get soccer on the forefront at least, uh, in the youth level, um, or at least keep our coverage going for another year, if it be your holy will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, everybody, I know I've been off the air for a while. Uh, I'm a teacher, too. I do that to, to feed my family and also directing a club. Uh, and playing in Destin uh, it just a, was a very, very, very uh, long last two months. And really, we wanted to have a show where we were commenting on on results and um, with the club situation. And I think I have a very interesting show for you. Um, uh, we've ranked the, the clubs, all 48 clubs, uh, up to 14th. I think it's crazy to rank everything else. But uh, the the criteria that we use is kind of fun. Um, we've had all our state championships now. Um, and... The Bob Abbott, uh, the Bob, we call it in the Open Cup. I'm going to leave that on the side. Uh, when it comes to the competitiveness, um, I've ranked the following. If your team won a Division One state championship, uh, we gave that team a four-point value. That win a four-point value. If you were a competitive one um, and you won the states, like you were the state finalists, Okay, you get three points. If you're in D2, a President's Cup, and you won, you get two points. And if you were in the President's Cup finals, your team gets one point. Okay, and uh, I think it gets blurred once you start throwing the Open Cup stuff, which, by the way, I enjoy the Open Cup. I think it's a chance to give kids who have no chance of traveling uh, to go into the Region 3 President's Cup or uh, a regular Region 3 championship to try to play for the uh, what we used to call the Snickers Cup. Um, these teams, a chance to comp comp compete for a championship, and it was a whole lot of fun um, being there. Uh, but uh, if you're going to measure your bang for your buck, I guess – uh, I think uh, looking at these these rankings is 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 worth a listen to. Uh, I want to say this as a disclaimer beforehand. I think evaluating a soccer club by how many championships it wins and and what championships it competed for, I think, is an error. Uh, but at the same token, um, a lot of these clubs that charge so much money tout that they give results for the money that they they charge and i think uh we're going to hold them accountable here and and see exactly how every club stacks up we have so many clubs in louisiana in many ways that's a good thing in some ways in the metropolitan areas i i i think these results kind of 
uh, speak for themselves. Uh, so we're going to take a break, uh, pay some pay some bills. Uh, and when we come back, I'm going to go over with you uh, the bottom tier of the uh, teams and how they stacked up on Monday Night Football, you voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. At the Olive Branch Cafe, only the freshest ingredients go into everything we serve. Our dough is prepared daily, and now the West Bank's best-tasting pizza is delivered 10.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. seven days a week. The Olive Branch Cafe, Marrero and Algiers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach at De La Salle High School and also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations. And again, we would like to thank Olive Branch Cafe for their sponsorship. Well worth the drive to the West Bank, everybody. Delicious food, and they support our youth. Um, so uh, anybody who supports our youth, we should really be supporting them. All right. So... Um, the 34 clubs that didn't make it in, I know this is going to be aggravating because some of y'all did win the Open Cup and the Bob, um, but we're not counting those uh, today. We're counting people who put their, you know, their clubs on the line and and risked having to go uh, to the Region 3 um, tournaments in June, whether it's for the President's Cup or for the outright uh, National Cup uh, title. So we start off with Stysa. Stysa, a wonderful club um, located at Chapapila, um, great place to play. Um, they wound up getting um, ranked 14th, and uh, because their Arsenal team, their 13-year-old girls team, wound up winning the D2 state title. So they're ranked 14th. Um, ranked 11th is a three-way tie between Cabosa, Madisonville United, and St. Charles. Okay, all of those, that, that group, Cabosa wound up winning the U-17 Boys D2 Championship. Madisonville won the uh, 16-year-old Girls Championship. And um, and St. Charles wound up winning the 13-year-old Girls Championship for the President's Cup. Okay, that was uh, both Madisonville and Cabosa winning the uh, President's Cup um, to get 11 points total. In ninth place, we have two teams that are tied, okay? Homa Terrebonne and Slidell. Homa wound up winning the 16-year-old boys uh, Division II title. And they also uh, got a 13-year-old uh, girls team to get to the finals. Uh, that gives them their points. And also uh, Slidell wound up uh, getting points with their 16-year-old girls team, uh, the YSA 05s, um, winning this, uh, going to the state championship in Division One, And, yes, that, that matters, okay? Uh, going, uh, you, they could have put that team in D2 and probably won it, but they went to competitive one. That's why I'm giving the, uh, the runner-ups in Division One more points than the state champions of Division Two. okay? All right, so that's Homa and Slidell uh, tied for ninth. Uh, tied for sixth, we have a three-way uh, tie, okay, between Ascension, New Orleans Spartans, and this this club here I really would like to learn more about. I've reached out to them, but I've got no response yet, but the Sting Football Club. And uh, anyhow, Ascension Flight, of course, Ascension, that's in the Gonzalez area. Ascension Flight wound up winning the 14-year-old uh, boys and the 15-year-old girls D2 championships. So... 
um, uh, they're going to go on to regionals and uh, with those two teams. New Orleans Spartans gets their points. Um, uh, they have zero Division One titles, but uh, the Spartans were able to to um, win two titles for Division Two. That's their 15-year-old and their 13-year-old boys. So they're going to be going to the President's Cup representing Louisiana. And the Sting um, got their points because their 14-year-old girls team won the State Cup. Okay, not the President's Cup, but the State Cup. And they're going to be able to go and represent Louisiana in Division Three uh, and see if they can make it to the state um, championships. Okay, so um, that is um, the Sting. Okay, and so they wound up, uh, all three of them, ranked sixth. When we come back, okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the top five uh, clubs in Louisiana and how they fared out and what they did to get there on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter, and y'all, this is going to be – uh, the beginning of our 10th anniversary, coming July 11th. Uh, we 10 years we've been on the air, both on radio and podcast. So this is uh, this show really completes our ninth year on the air. And uh, we'd like to really thank everybody who's been behind us all these years. And uh, when we first started out, everybody thought we were crazy. There was no real need to cover youth soccer at the details that we we're going to cover it. And boy, were they wrong. Okay. Um, they, they're wrong. Um, of course, we love watching the professional game and, and all, but uh, uh, just knowing who won the state championships in, uh, in high school is, is not enough coverage. It's just not. And, uh, and so I thank you all of y'all for keeping me on the air and keeping us on the air. Okay. Rank number five. Okay. We're going to go five to one right now. Uh, rank number five is Covington FC, the Tammany Tigers. Okay. Uh, they have an extremely, extremely good team, um, um, girls' team. That's the 0203 Tammany Tigers, uh, the 19 year old uh, girls' state champions. And we talked about them when we were talking to Doug Freeze earlier uh, in our last show. Uh, about how good they are, and uh, they they might be able to make a run in nationals, okay? But also the 17-year-old girls for Covington are going to represent Louisiana Division II. Their 0405s won the Division II or President's Cup for Louisiana, and they also put uh, a team in the finals that didn't get all the way through the 17-year-old boys. So uh, Covington's really got their act together with their older teams there. All right, um, and as the rank, the fourth ranked club in Louisiana, you have the Cajun Rush Premier. Okay, they wound up uh, with a total of nine points, and that comes from their thirteen-year-old boys winning the Division One title. Okay, and they wound up with uh, their nineteen-year-old girls uh, wound up being finalists. Their 07 girls wound up being finalists in Division Two, and their uh, their 16-year-old girls as well wound up going to the state finals in Division Two. So they have one team going on to represent Louisiana. So guess what that leaves us, y'all? Yep, uh, no surprise there, the big three. And uh, even though we have all these clubs, we still wind up 
talking about the big three. That's uh, Mandeville, Baton Rouge, and L.A. Fire. Okay, like it or not, like them or not, okay, uh, uh, they charge the most for the most part, and they deliver. And so, therefore, um, you don't find people really complaining too much if their kids are on their on their flagship teams, okay? So Mandeville, who really had a great year last year, put together a good run this year, ranked third. Okay, uh, what did Mandeville wind up doing? Mandeville wound up winning state in uh, in Division One. Okay, with their U eighteen boys uh, team. That uh, if you watch it, listen to our show, you heard when St. Paul's wound up losing the state championship to Catholic High Baton Rouge. One of the members of this team stood up and said, "Well, hey, wait a minute." We've won every state title now in the 18, with their team, the 03 boys, Mandeville. And uh, now this, I think they're fifth in a row. Okay, so uh, they've dominated in, uh, at the 18-year-old bracket. Also, uh, their 14-year-old girls team from Mandeville wound up winning uh, Division Two. So Mandeville is going to be sending two teams uh, representing Louisiana. But Mandeville wound up having three teams uh, in the finalists that felt just fell short. That's the UT, U18 girls, U15 boys, and uh, U13 girls uh, going for uh, the Division One title. And the U16 boys wound up um, uh, winning, uh, going to the finals in Division Two. And y'all, look, all of these results you can see are going to be on our Facebook page. That's M-N-F-U-T-B-O-L. Uh, so you can see, I know we've been throwing a lot of numbers at you, but we'll have all the results, uh, who won the state titles, who who won the runner-ups, and uh, and where all these uh, these numbers come from. All right, Baton Rouge wound up in second place. And they got a whopping 31 points total. And the reason for that is uh, in the first division, Baton Rouge took five state championships. They're 19-year-old boys, 18-year-old girls, 17-year-old boys, 15-year-old boys, and 15-year-old girls wound up sweeping state championships. And uh, they got the rest of their points with um, their 17-year-old girls, 14-year-old boys, and 13-year-old boys were the state runner-ups in um, in the first division, and they wound up having two teams uh, being runner-ups in Division Two. That's their 04 um, girls and their uh, 06 girls. So congratulations, Baton Rouge, on on that showing. And yeah, everybody, uh, uh, we got tons of clubs in Louisiana, I mean, New Orleans area, and uh, I, I really do believe it's out of control how many clubs we have here. I know my club is one of them, but my club is not what we call a splinter club. We have a lot of splinter clubs, people who left the fire uh, and left other clubs uh, that left the fire to form their own clubs. And uh, when we, LA Fire got together and, and formed one club, it was supposed to end all of the divisions and, and put everybody into one club and therefore give them a chance to compete for nationals. And ironically, uh, uh, after all these fragment clubs have have come come and uh, and, and gone on the scene, uh, they're still sitting pretty right on the top. They have they wound up with thirty seven total points. Okay, 
And and they're not going to go away anytime soon because a lot of their success were uh, in in the younger age groups. Uh, they wound up winning the D1 state championships in, for the 17-year-old girls, 16-year-old boys, 16-year-old girls, 14-year-old boys, and the 13-year-old girls. So these are all teams that are going to be coming back for at least two more years, okay? Uh, and uh, I commend them for putting these teams in Division One. okay? Now, they made they wound up uh, uh, getting the rest of their points competing in Division One with, the, with their 19-year-old boys, 18-year-old boys, 17-year-old boys, 16-year-old boys, and 15-year-old boys. Girls and oh, and the fourteen-year-old girls as well. So all of those teams—one, two, three, four, five, six teams—are not going to be representing Louisiana. But if they would have wound up in Division Two, they probably would have wound up uh, winning Division Two uh, championships. Now they did have a couple of teams in Division Two uh, that wound up as finalists, and that was a fifteen-year-old boys and their fourteen-year-old boys. Um, but. Overall, Louisiana Fire had a dominating year this year, okay, uh, with 37 total points. So if you really take Baton Rouge and Louisiana Fire, uh, they account for 68 of the total points that were available, or basically uh, over 65% of the points that were available. So Baton Rouge and Louisiana Fire are on a different level. Uh, Mandeville's hanging on, and Mandeville, of course, had their had their success uh, had their success uh, last year. Uh, of course, we had the COVID situation, and then the rest of us are, are scrambling around. I can't say us because really, it's 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 a total of thirteen clubs that are 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 winning honors here and there and here and there, and then the rest of us just uh, are competing and having fun competing, but. Uh, not representing Louisiana and going to the next level. So what does all this mean? Um, uh, I'll be curious to hear what you would have to say. You could put your comments on on the face our Facebook page and and also uh, you can put it on Twitter. We're MNFUTBOL. What do you think? Why do you think this is the case? I would also um, I'm going to put a separate thread on the LA Prep Soccer on this and uh, make sure that these results are, are located there as well. And, uh, and you can get on, get involved in that blog and tell us uh, if you think these results are, are representative of what's going on. Are these results uh, showing that we are strong in Louisiana or that Louisiana has got some problems that we need to fix and we need to fix soon. Uh, it, it's going to be a healthy conversation because uh because uh, the results speak for themselves. Now, if I were to put the open state championships in there, uh, that would have been interesting too. But I, I didn't, and this is why I didn't. Okay, and and my teams competed in the open cup too. We just did not have the financial resources to represent Louisiana, so we didn't go after those titles. I thought there were some really good teams in the open cup that really should have been in at least a Division Two title. But uh, uh, maybe they were in the same boat that uh, Mike teams were in that if they would have won the division two title, they couldn't have gone on uh, to the region three tournament. And which is very expensive. Everybody, you got to buy hotels, you got to pay your coaching fees there. Uh, and, and then you have to pay for the tournament registration fees too. It's uh, that's thousands of dollars, y'all. Uh, and the money's got to come from somewhere. 
And and so if you can't commit to going to regionals, at least the Open Cup is there so you can at least have an experience of winning something, uh, calling yourself as a state champion, which a lot of these clubs did. Okay, uh, um, uh, they, they're, they're, and those kids are really enjoying that title and everything, and uh, but they don't have the financial burden of having to go uh, to Division Three. But I also will tell you that they're, they're kind of, you know, if they're not educated as to what's really out there, they're kind of having a false sense of accomplishment that they are, uh, you know, the best of the best, and they're not. Okay, they're not. Um uh, if you wanted to call yourself the best of the best, you got to find a way to get funded and go to Division One, and that's really where I think our problem is in our in our whole country is that uh, maybe some of these teams with some financial backing could have been the Division One title winners, and uh, but they can't get the funding to to get to get over there, and and uh, and it's not just going to the state tournament, y'all. It's like okay, all these teams that won Division One and Division Two. They're competing in the LCSL, which means that, you know, they're driving four hours to go to the games every weekend or at least two to four hours a weekend. And uh, that takes resources, too. OK, you don't just show up uh, if you're a New Orleans team and show up to play in Alexandria. If you're your uh, Monroe team, just show up to Lake Charles and play. A lot of coordination has got to go in with that. Um, and and my uh, my. Uh, um, also, experience in trying to, to compete in the Open Cup, we had to register our players as, as classic players. In other words, a lot of people were going into the Open Cup with this attitude that um, that they would uh, compete for a state championship but not have to pay all those exorbitant fees. Well, not so fast. Uh, we had to pay the same kind of fees that these other teams in D2 and D1 had to pay uh, in order to be able to walk out with a state title, okay? Um, but that state title doesn't have the privileges or the responsibilities thereof as Division Two and Division One. So, um, I'm going to tell you as a um, as a coach who's been coaching since 1986, uh, we're making a lot of headway. We are and getting more kids playing soccer and uh, getting the soccer competitive. But uh, are we getting to a point where we're going to be uh, cheering on the U.S. to get to the semifinals of a World Cup uh, I, with this system? I, I don't think so. And I don't think I'm alone out there. I talked to a lot of people who didn't want to go on the microphone uh, about it uh, that agree with me privately that uh, that soccer is still a business. And as long as it's a business uh, and as long as the Europeans and the South Americans view soccer as a passion and they want to put their best players on the field and uh, and they're willing to foot the bill to get these kids to play, uh, they're going to continue to dominate the World Cups in the future. They, they just will. I'm talking about in the men's World Cup. When it comes to the female game, we have to have separate shows about that because the United States was really the first country to take women's athletics seriously and uh, and the proof's in the pudding. But now a lot of these um, – a lot of these um, – Countries who uh, have decided to embrace the women's game, now I think they've really caught up, okay? And even though our U.S. women's teams that have won the World Cups before, um, in the early days of the Women's World Cup, you know, are trailblazers and they will never be forgotten, now for a women's team uh, to win the World Cup is, is quite an accomplishment. And I think that every four years that passes, uh, whoever wins the Women's World Cup, it's it's – 
a lot more competitive than it used to be. Let's put it that way in the very beginning days of Brandy Chastain and, and, and those and those girls back then. I'd be interested to see if you could go into a time machine and see how that, those teams would compete. And, of course, I would think that they would compete poorly because the level of training, the level of interest, and the level of finances are different now than they were in the 1990s. Okay? Well, y'all, look, this this show, uh, we did talk about some results and of some opinions. And, again, your opinions are just as valuable as mine. Uh, make yourself heard and reach out to us at M-E-N-F-U-T-B-O-L on Twitter and Facebook and also so uh, on um, on our um, blog uh, posts that are on LA Prep Soccer, which is pretty much the best place to hear the Louisiana soccer community banter about their opinions. Well, this is Coach Alan Ritter. I hope that we'll have another show soon, and we're going to keep up with all these teams that are going to represent us uh, at the end of June uh, in in the division. I mean, excuse me, Region Three Championships, and uh, we'll be keep keeping you informed as to their success, especially that Lafreniere team that has a chance to win the national title this year. Anyhow, God bless you and your families, and we hope that uh, uh, you have all the best. Uh, and it's not just soccer, but in your own personal lives, and you can enjoy this summer and enjoy the fact that we're getting less and less restrictions with COVID. Take care, take, uh, and hopefully we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.